Welcome to the Voice of Fandom Podcast. The one place where you, yes, you, you, the viewer, the fan gets to connect and interact live with the host and talk about your favorite sports team, athlete, or game of the week. And speaking of host, he's straight up, straight to the point. And with a mic in his hand, he lets you know he don't give a sh. Former pro wrestler and your host, Kingston Robinson. Let's go, boy. I want to go ahead and let you know this is going to be a very, very heated episode. We got so much going on in the league. Uh, we got Drew Brees with a collapsed lung and cracked ribs. We got Teddy, uh, Teddy Two Gloves hurt. We got Run CMC still hurt. We we had players dropping all over the floor last night between the Bears and the Vikings. I don't I don't know who survives going into this next week, but. Thank God the Chiefs were on the bye because we are healthy as shit. Man, what up, y'all? Uh, it's Tuesday, November 17th. We are officially here. It is officially Raiders week. And I typically wouldn't do this much of a home bias show. I typically would not, uh, you know, title a show or theme a show around my team, but there has been some extra attention that <laughs> that has uh, spiraled this whole thing way more out of control than it should. So this, this is what I'm going to go ahead and give a warning to now, to everyone that's listening, to everyone that hears this on replay, whether if it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, uh, straight to uh, from the KCPN app, or here live. This first little segment and probably a little segment towards the end is just going to be Chiefs talk. And if you aren't prepared for that, if you aren't ready for that, then you can go ahead and, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, take a break, eat some uh, dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever time it may be while you're listening to this, because I got some frustration to get off my chest. And since usually, since usually I'm very... I, I, I do my best to be as non-biased as possible. I do my best to almost skate over my home team. Uh, they're going to get some attention right now. So the Kansas City Chiefs are rolling in to Raiders week, which doesn't really or hasn't really had the same steam in the past five years. I mean, if you're bred as either a Chiefs fan or a Raiders fan, you're pretty much bred to not like the prospective fan base. You are pretty much uh, born into a rivalry that was huge. The past five years, it hasn't been. The past five years, it's been the Chiefs play the Raiders and the Chiefs win, and that is it. The Chiefs win the AFC West, and that's it. Like there, it's not this. It doesn't have the same gritty, ticky tack football game. There, it's not the same. You can look at rivalries around the entire league, and a lot of them have died down because of consistent winning on one side of the ball. That's where we have been with the Oakland slash now Las Vegas Raiders. Until this year. <laughs> this year, the Raiders beat us. Our only loss of this year, and they decided to take 
a victory lap around Arrowhead Stadium. Now, I were to get it if this was a uh, a AFC West title game, you know, late in the season, whoever wins this game wins the West. Or maybe just a late season game in general where it were to break a tiebreaker. Say we both have the same record. Um, we both have the same divisional record. And that game would kind of take it over the top for either team. I would get that. But week five <laughs> of the regular season, the Raiders beat us in the only game that Patrick Mahomes has thrown his only interception. The team just wasn't clicking as fast as we know this team can do. And they took a victory lap around Arrowhead. Now, you can't say that you got lost or you can't say that you wanted to sightsee because around Arrowhead, there's really nothing, you know? So there's nothing that could be said. And when it was brought up to John Gruden in the, uh, you know, presser going into this week's media, he said it was a ridiculous question. He said, maybe you should ask the smart Alec bus driver that had something to say when they got on. So, so you mean to tell me that a bus driver that of course works <laughs> or at least lives around Kansas city probably said something sly because well, you just beat their team. You mean to tell me that you coaxed this bus driver into driving around the stadium just because they said something? Absolutely not. Come on, John Gruden. You got to come way better than that. You got to come way better than that. And we see you in the post-presser wiping your forehead and moving your hair out the way, sweating a little bit. Because you know, Andy Reid ain't about none of this shit. This is Andy Reid coming off a bye which is already virtually unstoppable. Now coming off a bye against a divisional opponent, which you just put two unstoppable methods together. And oddly, since Patrick Mahomes has been at the helm, better on the road than at home. <laughs> Look, I never do predictions on my team and that's not going to change today i've already uh changed a lot and just talking about them this much already and it's only been uh what six minutes on air but it deserves to be said that this week maybe maybe flick the bic lighter and, and got this robbery maybe rolling a little bit which I'm not mad at. There hasn't been a team that I've looked at in a long time that we've played outside of the Patriots that I'm like, we need to beat them so we can shut them the fuck up. Because Raiders fans have been so loud since that win. It was like the win against us fueled anything possible. And it's done nothing but snowball. Because when they lose, it's, oh, you don't remember when we beat the Chiefs? And when they win, it's... Oh, Gruden's finally putting everything together. We beat the Chiefs. Now we beat so-and-so. Now we beat. Be careful. Because when you think you win the Super Bowl in week five, and you have plenty more football to play, doesn't vote 
very well for you. Now, there are some things I am slightly worried about. And it has nothing to do with the Raiders. It doesn't. The only things I'm worried about is the things that every team should be worried about. And that's COVID-19. Uh, right now, uh, well, actually, as of last night, most of our starting offensive linemen were on the COVID-19 list, including a positive test in Miko Hardman at Whiteout. Now, Miko tested positive. There's not much that's been said, even in Andy Reid's presser. There, he didn't dive into too much. He just said that Miko is feeling well and that he will be able to start testing positive and seeing where the negatives go. I think just in what Coach Reed said, that kind of X's him out for this week. Uh, but that also means that on the track that they were on before the bye, it looks like Sammy Watkins is going to be coming back. So that's great. Also, Byron Pringle, uh, Demarcus Robinson, I know Garrett Dieter uh, did get activated last uh, last week, so um, that is something to look at. I, there's a lot of people that are not high on Dieter. I actually don't mind Dieter at all. I think he is a you know solid, and he does a lot of gadget routes, which is very surprising. But he has very good speed and very good length. So if he can run those gadget routes uh, with the length that he has, it seems to be a very successful thing. But with Martinez Rankins, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, and Eric Fisher um, on the COVID-19 list due to close contact tracing worried me tremendously. I mean, if there's any situation where more than half of your starting offensive lineman is presumed out of the game, you should be worried. But the testing came back uh, this morning. And there is no positive test. Now, if we get to Thursday, if we get to Thursday and there are no new positive tests, it's looking like everyone will be back and everyone will be good outside of Miko Harmon. Also, what I'm a little worried about is us not stepping on the gas enough. This is going to be one of those games where I don't care how it goes. I want pedal to the floor the entire fucking time. I don't want no third and one and we're throwing a safe pass or some bullshit and it gets knocked in negative yard. I don't want none of that shit. Clean, efficient, aggressive football. Because what's not about to happen is this turn back into a rivalry. There's no need for it. I feel no need for it. Chiefs fans feel no need for it. The only thing that Raiders fans should be happy about is their funky-ass stadium, which is funny which is funny because I know a contractor that worked on said stadium. I know a contractor that <laughs> worked on said stadium that is a Chiefs fan and buried a Chiefs flag inside the structure of this new stadium. So guess what? 
we own that bitch already. But yet we haven't gotten to play in it yet. So here's our official homecoming. What's very funny about playing the Raiders is that they have this one win. That's cool. But guess who Pat Mahomes has the most rushing yards against? The Raiders. The most passing touchdowns against? Raiders. The most passing yards against? Raiders. Wins. Raiders. Wow. Matter of fact, to think he's only lost one time against the Raiders. And yes, those stats are a little inflated because it is against a team that you play two times a year against, uh, you know, compared to the teams around the league that he's played. But don't get it twisted. It's cute to think that it took one regular season game to get Raiders fans feeling all the black and silver bullshit again. I remember (laughs) before the season started, It was a rebuild year. You know? Oh, we're moving to Vegas. It's a rebuild year. Gruden still has to get his shit together. Why did he draft a speedy receiver? He's trying to be like the Chiefs. He's not trying to win games. He's not trying to defend them. And now all of a sudden it's fucking Gruden grinders. And we beat the Chiefs. Shut the fuck up. I can't, I can't, I can't even, I can't even fathom the wishy-washy bullshit. Now, I, trust me, I have friends that are Raiders fans and they've been down for the Raiders forever and they didn't even try to get into my inbox when they won because they knew better. But trust me, Trust me. It's going to be very different. Very different. For the rest of the season. And this is why. One, Derek Carr. is not a very good quarterback. He has to run the ball. And I'm not saying this is going to be us, but I'm saying in future context. When they run into teams that can stop the run and put it on Derek Carr's shoulders doesn't work out very well. It doesn't. Especially if you have a defense talented enough to cloud or man cover a tight end and, you know, stop the run. There is a gigantic, gigantic glare of mm, mm, misopportune talent. And that's in the fact that Their quarterback room consists of Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. (laughs) Two quarterbacks I do not like. Talent, personality, or the way they've played the Chiefs. I don't like them. And it's the same problem that the Pittsburgh Steelers have where their glaring issue is at quarterback. But I'm going to give the Steelers, honestly, go ahead and let y'all know, I'm giving the Steelers a week off today. And it's not because they beat Cincinnati, because don't you dare think that Cincy was supposed to win that game. But I'm giving them a week off because they beat them how they were supposed to. Sort of. But I'm giving them the week off. 
But the Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> seem to think that because they won one game, we are now back to bloodthirsty rivalry. We're going to get into the game. Everyone's going to hate each other. And all the fans are just going to cuss each other. <sighs> Bro, honestly, I am just... I'm just frustrated in the fact that you think it was going to be that instant. It's almost like when you won that game, you thought that you would get a personal invitation to go past, go collect $200 and go straight to the Super Bowl. No, no, that's, that's not how a football season works. Now, can I see you in the playoffs? Absolutely. Especially if it gets extended again and we have 16 teams, I can definitely see you in the playoffs. But don't get high off of victories like beating the Denver Broncos. Don't do that. Because Drew Locke is awful. <clears throat> and if you don't know the trend with Denver quarterbacks, just look. They've all been bad. All of them. The Broncos have been waiting for a star pick at quarterback for a very long time. And guess what? They're still waiting. I remember every time Drew Locke would make a uh, decent pass here or there, it'd be like, oh, these are the flashes we've been looking for. Once he gets a better line or better weapons or whatever it may be, he's going to be great. Well, yes, very good running back. Actually, two really good running backs. Um, he has some pretty, you know, some pretty good wide receivers. Um, Denver's defense has always been pretty. Drew Locke, what's the issue? The issue is you. So I can't even look at them when it comes to the division anymore. And then you look at Oakland, Las Vegas, the Raiders. And it's like, bro, you got one win. Chill out. <laughs> it's it. Chill out. And what's funny is that in that win, there was not, there was not a time in the game where anyone that was watching it was like, "Wow, the Chiefs are going to lose this game," until the clock hit zero, because that's what Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Terry Kill, Miko Hardman, and Tyra Matthew, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, like. All these, all these names, that's what that brings you because you believe at any moment the tide could shift because it has. This is a game, this is a team that's been down. <laughs> 10 plus points in the last playoff games, in every playoff games, and the Super Bowl. And won all of them plus 10. So... There's, there's not anything that's stopping this team from doing what they're supposed to do. And what's funny is that there's a crazy stat that's flowing around right now about how the Chiefs right now have one of the longest records, if not the longest record, of um, losing games um, within one possession. You know, like... <laughs> Seven points or less, one possession losses. Now, what's funny is that the Chargers have lost like every game by one possession, which is crazy. 
We lost one. One. Within one possession. Wow. How crazy is that? Because when we win, we win by multiple. But when we lose is by one possession. Look, I <laughs> I am not here to push Chiefs fandom on anyone. I am not here to uh, be a recruiter for Chiefs Kingdom. I have welcomed several different people from different fandoms to Chiefs Kingdom. But I'm I'm not here to do that right now. What I will say though, if there was ever a time that you were thinking, I'm tired of this team. I am tired of looking at the New York football giants or the Jets or the Jaguars or anything. I'm tired of the Falcons always fucking burning the city down every time that they're about to win a game. If there is ever a time that you wanted to jump ship, this week is the week to do it. If there is ever a time that you were like, I want to buy a Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes jersey, this is the week to do it because you'll get it. Matter of fact, if you order right now, you'll probably get it before this game on Sunday and sit down and you'll have no excuse because this game is nationally broadcasted. Sit down and watch this primetime football game that is going to happen on Sunday. Just do it. Because I'll tell you this, the last, last primetime game that happened with us, that was supposed to happen. It wasn't just like shifted and moved around and all that. The last primetime game that was regularly scheduled for us to play was Chiefs-Ravens. And I don't know if Andy Reid has a different jaw now where, <clears throat> you know, he has like regular season one o'clock games and regular season four o'clock games. And then he has a whole nother jaw for primetime games. And he's like, mm, this is the shit I want the world to see. Because it seems like him and Eric B. Enemy put some extra sauce on the sandwich when it's prime time. It seems like when they have a point to prove, they put a little extra sauce on the sandwich, which I'm cool with. I'm a sauce guy. Trust me, if you go into my refrigerator, me and my wife have collected a quite a gallery of sauces. Honey mustard, ranch. Sriracha, Chick-fil-A sauce, Polynesian sauce, um, sweet baby raised chicken sauce, secret sauce, Worcestershire sauce, all them sauces. They be cooking when they know it's that time. And this week is one of those times. You know, it's really scary when you have an athlete that's very good naturally. He usually gets comfortable because he can just skate by with his athleticism, which is naturally given to him. Matter of fact, I mentioned something similar to this to my wife last night. I was talking about how uh, public speaking classes in college. I wish I would have paid more attention to them, actually, because I just kind of skated by with my personality. And at that point in my life, um, you know, 
the lack of fear of being able to talk to people, talk around people. That was pretty fresh in that stage of my life, but I was way more comfortable than I was in previous years of talking to people. So I just kind of skated by. But what's really dangerous about that mindset is when that athlete or that person that is naturally gifted gets motivation. All they have to do is flip a switch. They don't have to mm, go on a special diet to become better. They don't have to change up their routine to cut or build. No, it's just a mentality thing. All they have to do is flip a switch. That's the Chiefs. They go into each game after winning the Super Bowl, knowing that they are better and more cohesive than most teams in the entire league. So that's why you've seen a kind of, you know, so-so start sometimes in the first quarter. They also have the belief that no matter how much they're down, no matter what's going on, guess what? Oh, now we have motivation. We can just flip the switch. Because they did it in each game in the playoffs. And they did it at the biggest stage in the Super Bowl. And if you can do that kind of thing at the biggest stage, these little stages just feel like fucking practice. Just practice. And unfortunately, by the Raiders taking a victory lap around the stadium, they gave this Chiefs team motivation. <laughs> Which is great. Because after that, you know, in December, we get to see teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> we get to see teams like the Atlanta Falcons. We get to see teams that don't need to see a motivated Chiefs team. They would have rather seen, you know, the guys that were like, ah, we can turn it on when we want to. They would have rather seen them. No. Not now. And you guys can thank the Raiders for that. So that was my Chiefs soapbox. I'm glad I got I'm glad I got all that off my chest because like I said, I try to make this a very non-biased show. I try not to just sit here and talk about the Chiefs, but whew, I had to get that off my chest. There's been some Raiders fans that have been tweeting and and on my Facebook and in my DMs just talking some wild shit. They bringing out Raiders jerseys that you see the creases in. You know it's either been folded up for years or they just got that shit shipped to them. And I, I am just ready to shut all that shit down. I had a Patriots fan. Very good friend of mine. Shout out, Eric. Patriots fan. Hit me up. And he said, you know, the Chiefs are nowhere close to a favorite team of mine. But please beat the dog shit out of the Raiders. That's crazy. It's crazy to think. 
It is crazy to think that other fandoms are starting to band together against the Raiders. And usually that's like a Patriots thing. But no one really gives a fuck about the Patriots this year. I don't even think Bill does. But like I said, that was my that was my uh, Chiefs rant. So let's talk about what else happened around the league. Besides injuries, because injuries were crazy. Crazy this week. And, and it's been crazy all year between ACLs, MCLs, PCLs. Between uh, COVID, that that I guess technically would be an injury, since it has been um, it has been combined with the injury reserve list. I guess we can put that as an injury. But I mean, yesterday I felt like watching that Bears Vikings game, which was kind of my side view for the night. But every other play, somebody was down, somebody was hurt. People were pacing back and forth. Now, I don't know what it is. And here goes another Chiefs thing again. I don't know what it is about the Kansas City medical staff. But they are just so good. And I don't understand why other teams have not thought to better prepare their medical staff or better hire their medical staff. Legereus Sneed, rookie corner for the Kansas City Chiefs, broke his collarbone. He should be sidelined till mid-December. It's a fact. When it comes to surgery, rehab, practice time, all that, he should not be back till mid-December. He's at practice. He started practicing before the bye. There is a good chance he could see snaps this week. Patrick Mahomes dislocated his patella on the field. Med staff relocated it <laughs> in the middle of the game. He was out for two weeks and was back on the field. Our medical staff is incredible. I don't understand why teams are not paying attention to their medical staff. This is another reason why when teams are like, oh, you know, Pat Mahomes is only as good as his weapons. You're not thinking about football. It takes everybody. It is, it, it is the biggest team sport there is. And I'm not just talking about the people on the field. Because when you have guys that are, you know, in med staff like uh, the fucking Chargers and you puncture a hole in your starting quarterback's lung, there's an issue. When you have guys that continuously injure the same thing, you have an issue. And that is what is happening around the league. You're starting to find out. And they said COVID was going to expose a lot, but it's also exposing, you know, people's front office because of uh, trade deals and drop contracts and things like that. But also medical staffs, uh, strength and conditioning crews. 
are these athletes in good shape? Are they being coached and conditioned and do because at this point you would think they would be in the best shape because there's no distractions. You go to practice. You do your strength and conditioning. Installs walkthroughs. You go home. And now that we're seeing the world starting to shut down again, it's still going to just be that. Now, I saw that uh, Jerry Jones doesn't give a fuck about the world starting to shut back down because he just put out that the Dallas Cowboys will continue to ramp up their attendance. I don't know what it is about Texas and Atlanta. And it's funny because I kind of get direct sources because I have very good friends that live in both places. I don't know what it is about Texas and Atlanta, but y'all don't give a fuck about none of this. They don't. I mean, Georgia, Georgia, what's funny about Georgia is Georgia doesn't give a fuck in two different ways. You have people in Georgia that don't give a fuck because they don't believe COVID exists and uh, wearing a mask is is uh, fucking controlling them and they feel like sheep and all that. So they'll go outside and do whatever they want. Then you have people that believe in COVID and that do wear a mask, but say, fuck it, we still going out to the club, we still partying, we doing whatever the hell we want. So it's very interesting that there's two... Two different ideals on this virus, and they both result in very reckless behavior. And then Texas, I, I don't know. Are y'all gonna shoot it? Like, I don't know what y'all doing out there. But Jerry Jones is like, bitch, we're gonna play football and people gonna watch it because I'm not losing no more money. That's what Jerry Jones saying. So he's saying, you know, Jerry Jones had that very famous quote where he said, you know, they were asking about Dak Prescott and, you know, if he was going to pay him. He was like, you know, my hands don't get cramps writing checks. Hey, more power to you. But he's like, I guess right now he's like, my hands starting to cramp a little bit because my my checking account ain't looking like it used to. (laughs) So shit. Okay. I guess I guess Dallas is going to start hosting more people. They're going to start ramping up their attendance from where they are now. <sighs> I mean, at this point, guys, like, look, most teams have mm, four, four home games left. Let's just get the season out of the way. Like, we're, we're starting to see the world shut down again. It's just kind of let's let's just let's just get the season out of the way because now. Crazy enough, we're about to roll back into full sports mode. The NBA draft is tomorrow. And we're already starting to see what really pisses me off about the NBA is that the NBA is always, when it comes to uh, trades and pickups and all those kinds, the NBA is always so... NBA free agency and trades and all that is so, so exciting compared to the NFL. Why? I have no fucking idea. But it's been like that for fucking forever. And it's funny because with the NFL, you want, you want that. 
you want that trade that you're like, yo, what the fuck? You typically don't get it. You know what trade was like, what the fuck? And this, this is how we're just going to segue right into this past week's game. <laughs> One trade that was like, what the fuck was DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals for, <laughs> fuck, three rubber bands and a candy cane. That's pretty much how. Oh, and David Johnson. I forgot. So uh, three rubber bands, a candy cane, and an hour later. That's pretty much it. And the pinnacle of that trade came to fruition in this past Sunday at the end of a four o'clock nail biter game. And that was with the Buffalo Bills and the Arizona Cardinals. Now, for those that did not get to watch this game, you missed out. Now, I also got told that I missed out because I didn't watch Dolphins Chargers. I did rewatch that film. I, it was a good game. It was a good game. I still continue the narrative on the Chargers just don't want Justin Herbert to win anything, but we'll get to that in a second. But Bills Cardinals was the game that everyone expected. Josh Allen was going to be very athletic. Kyler Murray was going to be very athletic. And they were probably going to be on a cusp, if not go into a shootout. And that's pretty much what happened. And what was really dope is that you got to see two quarterbacks that kind of have the same mentality, but because of their different body types, it turned into a whole different style of play. You know, Josh Allen does like to run the football, but he is more of a power running quarterback. Very similar to Cam, just not as athletic. And he's a little smarter about how he takes contact. Kyler Murray, on the other hand, is very shifty. He, he premeditates how he's going to move and where he's going to shift his body, depending on what he wants to do. And that's why it was very hard for me to hear people compare Kyler Murray to Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson, because he's neither of those. As a runner or a thrower, he's neither of those. The only reason why a lot of Russell Wilson comparison comes in is because they both play baseball, they both play football. Cool, fucking great. Like, there are a lot of multi-sport athletes out there. Just because you have a quarterback that plays football and baseball doesn't mean they're Russell Wilson. But what I will say is that the only thing that's similar is their arm angles. That's it. Other than that, Kyler Murray looks to run to gash a defense. Russell Wilson doesn't do that. Russell Wilson looks to run to set up a play to throw. And if he does run, it is because he's gone through one, two, three. Uh, can't get to my third read. Rush is coming towards me. Let me escape out the pocket. Let me look. Let me look. There's nowhere to go, but they're in man, and I have an open field. But size when he plays the Rams and for some reason when he had a 14-yard open window, he decided not to run and he threw across his body and threw an interception. Interesting. Um, I know <laughs> a quarterback that I was just speaking of that went through that same scenario at the very end of the game and I have to talk about this moment at the end of the game. So for those that didn't get to watch the game, it was looking like it was all riding on 
Buffalo. Can Josh Allen go down the field and score the winning touchdown in time to put his team back up? And guess what? He answered the call. He got his team down there, touchdown, right in the edge of the end zone, perfectly, Josh Allen, wah, perfectly placed ball, right in the arms of Stephon Diggs. Now, this is where it turns interesting. The first thing that Stephon Diggs says, he screams a little bit, and he said, this is why y'all fucking paid me. Now, the beautiful thing about this low attendance or, you know, no attendance at all is that you hear a lot of what goes on on the field, whether if it's audibles, whether if it's, you know, celebration things, uh, what somebody yells on the sidelines, all that. You hear a lot of that. That was the first thing that he said. This is why y'all fucking paid me and did like the dollar signs. Cool. Kyler Murray, every time they showed him, was just sitting on the bench, stone face. Not sad, not angry, just stone face. Then Kyler Murray, <laughs> with seconds on the clock, matriculates down the field a, a tiny bit, has enough time for maybe two plays, because I think there's 11 or 12 seconds left on the clock. Two plays. Instead, he goes all for it in one. And that's mainly because the previous play, he drifted around, moved around, wasted a good bit of time, and then threw it. It went out of bounds. Well, he threw it, completed the pass. The receiver went out of bounds, stopped the clock. Cool. All right, here we are. Now, he throws. And what what I hate about national media is that a lot of times, uh, if a receiver makes a really great play, it's all on the receiver. You know, the receiver is unhuman. He did this. He did that. Now, I will say that shit was stupid. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it, I will explain it. But so much credit goes to Kyler Murray in this. So Kyler Murray drops back, looks for his first second read. It's not there. He knows he only has eight seconds left. He feels the rush on his backside. He escapes out. He shakes off a receiver. I mean, it shakes off a defender, which is already stupid because at that point in time, if you are rushing Kyler Murray, you should know if you can wrap this little motherfucker up, the game is over. That's all you have to do is wrap up this little ass kid that is running around at this point playing backyard football. He shakes him off. Nearing the sideline, he has just enough time to flip his hips, set his feet, and before he goes out of bounds, launches this ball. It wasn't the perfect spiral. It definitely wasn't a wobbly, you know, fucking dying goose or anything. The ball still had some zip on it. But what was better about having zip, it went to the exact right place. And there is D-Hop plastered by three of Buffalo's highest paid defenders. Your payroll is back here covering one guy. 
and he jumps up and snags this ball and not only snags it comes down it gets ripped away and he pulls that some bitch right back and comes down to the ground and wins that game and what does d hop say not a damn thing his teammates rush him larry fitzgerald Kyler murray all that he accepts all that energy and he goes to the sideline takes off his helmet and asks for his hat there is a difference between an athlete and a professional an athlete <laughs> does very well in what he does you know probably skates by with his athleticism Stefan Diggs obviously had his mind on the money. And now the only thing he's got is money on his mind because it came with no W. Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins and Colin Murray did one of the most unbelievable things in being a part of that play. Kyler Murray deserves as much credit as DeAndre Hopkins does. If Jordan does not make a commercial about that reception because he had them Jumpman logo gloves on above Adidas, <laughs> all that, and his hands are perfectly there with the ball. If they don't make a poster or a commercial or something, Jordan, you're missing out, big fella. You are missing out. But that game was stupid. And what I hate is that I missed most of it live because I was watching the Steelers-Bengals game. And then finally I was like, this shit has gotten out of hand, whatever. So I didn't get to it live view into the fourth quarter. And boy, I am glad that I got to see that live because I literally jumped up. I And I typically don't have that much investment when it comes to other teams, but I jumped up as soon as that catch happened. It was ridiculous. Uh, games that happened during that time, the one o'clock games, Texans Browns, full shit show. I mean, it was a weather delay. Then, you know, it started and it was like, can't get passes off. So we're just going to run the ball. And <laughs> yes, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt went off 100 yards both. Cool. Uh, Browns win seven to seven to ten. Ugh. Okay. Oh, uh, Washington Lions. I, th I and I enjoyed this game because it was Alex Smith's first time starting. Um, you got to see that he can still be a very successful quarterback. Um, he took a team to the brink. If it was not for Washington's defensive coordinator, who seemed to think that the Lions were just going to accept going into overtime, um, you know, Washington could have won that game. Uh, but instead, their defensive coordinator was like, oh, I'm just going to call all my shit and not give a fuck about what I'm seeing on the field. Uh, because Matt Prater, the kicker for the Detroit Lions, has a leg. So if I was Matthew Stafford, I could be like, look, I'm really good in two-minute situations. I can get Prater to like the 45 or whatever. And I'm sure he could just bomb that bitch. And I'd rather be in that situation than just say, hey, let's go into overtime and see what happens. Because at that point, 
Washington had the momentum in the football game. And defensive coordinator is like, we ain't going to stop shit. If they want to kick it, go ahead and kick it. They're going to miss that bitch. They didn't. So then they won. And that was it. Uh, Buccaneers, Panthers. The biggest thing out of this is Teddy Two Gloves getting hurt. Um, run CMC. I mean, they're just not the same team without Christian McCaffrey. And we we can see that now. Like at first it was like, you know what? This Panther team is actually pretty okay. Uh, because big little Mike Davis was doing his thing and they were mixing in the run game with, you know, sweeps and stuff like that. But now you're, you're seeing glaring differences on how this team uh, plays, especially offensively without Christian McCaffrey, the Buccaneers, this is what you were supposed to do with a team that's undermanned and, you know, quarterback is hurt. This is what you're supposed to do. Uh, once again, I'm still not high on the Buccaneers. I'm not high on you consistently adding new pieces and then blaming those new pieces, even though it was a self-inflicted thing. I don't, I don't believe in that. If you're going to add a new piece and they're not great that next week, shut the fuck up. Just say, yo, he just came in this week. Uh, he's starting to understand this or that. And I'm, I'm talking about everything. I'm not just talking about Antonio Brown um, or Leonard Fournette, Shady McCoy, uh, fucking even down to the center, AQ Shipley. Like, this is <laughs> this is a relatively very new team. You're, you're not going to sit here and blame these new pieces and then not act like it's not your fault. Uh, Eagles Giants, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I tried so hard the past week to lay off of the Eagles. I really did. I tried very hard to lay off Carson Wentz. I tried very hard to lay off of Doug Peterson. They don't want to win. There is nothing telling me every time the Eagles step on the field that they want to win a football game. Because Daniel Jones did whatever he wanted. <laughs> whatever he wanted. And we see when Daniel Jones doesn't turn over the ball a lot, he can win football games. And that's what he's done. But you've got to be kidding me. I'm supposed to believe in Carson Wentz. I'm supposed to believe in Doug Peterson. I'm supposed to believe in Miles Sanders and Boston Sky. All these trash motherfuckers. Travis Fulgham is the best person. A six-rounder out of Old Dominion. Old Dominion's down the street from me. You know what else is down the street from me? Boring-ass Virginia. All of this place is boring. So to me, if you're the biggest fish and the most boring-ass pond, come on, come on. Philadelphia, you should be ashamed of your fucking selves. You Yes, your team is hurt. Everyone's fucking hurt right now. <laughs> I'm going to be real. I'm never one to call for people's jobs. And I'm not saying that Doug Peterson should be fired, but maybe he does not need to be a head coach. Maybe he needs to be just on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe you need to bring in somebody else to be the head coach. I don't know what the fuck is going on there, but I can't believe I am looking at the squad with this, what everybody said, Mahomes without the weapons and Carson Wentz. Oh, 
man, I, I, I just I don't get it. I don't get how bad this team has been. And the fact that you are in prime position to still win the sorry ass division and you give it up to the Giants. The Giants without Saquon Barkley, the Giants with virtually a weird but no but kind of defense, the Giants with wide receivers that you're like, I don't know how they're still. I don't get it. I don't get it. This should have been a feast on Daniel Jones. This should have been a two to three, eh, one to two interception game, three to four sacks. You should have hit him hard one time and made sure he always second guessed every time he did that read option. <coughs> Instead, he burned you for 35 yards and went straight to the end zone. Eagles fans, hang it up. Season's fucking done. Especially is because I was also looking at Washington. If Washington would have beat the Lions and went on and won two more games, they're in the running. Just hang it. Just hang it up. Just just let me know. Eagles fans, just let me know that you're done. Please. But I have a knock at the door, so it seems like I have to go into a break. So I will be right back.
So shout out to my apartment's maintenance people. They had to come in and do a fire alarm check. So there's that. Uh, but it, it was around the time that I typically do my breaks anyway. So that was perfect. And it also got me off of my fucking Eagles rant, which come on. I'm, I'm just, I'm just baffled. Uh, yes, all my fire alarms are good. Uh, what's really interesting is that my apartment complex is doing a, uh, change in management, change in staff, all that kind of stuff. So they're basically redoing everything as if this place is about to open back up. So they've gone through and done appraisal inspections and they're repricing everything. And they just did the fire alarm inspections and all that, which is funny because shit, they're, there are sprinklers and shit in rooms they didn't even check. I was very confused on on how fast it went. But hey, it was just fast enough to get through my break music and that was it. So there's that. Um, if you missed the first hour, um, I went on a giant Chiefs rant, which is very justified because it is Raiders week. Um, like I said before, Raiders week has not had the same steam that it's had for the past five years. Um, mainly because to be a rivalry, you have to win. And Derek Carr mentioned that before week five when we played them. But winning one time doesn't all of a sudden reignite that. But Raiders fans have thought so. So I, I shared I shared definitely my opinions on that. Um, then started going through uh, this, this past week's games. Uh, touched on <clears throat> Kyler Murray and the ridiculous play by DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray himself. Uh, I, I went through uh, half of the games before I was uh, asked to step away and uh, deal with the fire inspection. So we will jump back in. I will leave the Eagles alone now. I think they got pretty fucking flambéed by me, and I will just leave that alone. Uh, the next game up was Jags and Packers. Now, the Jags and Packers game, that honestly made no entire sense to me. Uh, it seemed to be one of those games where, you know, Aaron Rodgers was going to have another ego game. Um, and it just didn't turn out that way. For some reason, the Jags happened to be that little pesky team that stuck around, um, that wanted to kind of cause an issue, and they did. Uh, but Packers still skated away with it. There was nothing super monumental out of it besides the fact that um, NVS, um, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, uh, my guy, got got me enough fantasy points to really put me over. So I'm, I'm really happy that NVS is staying involved in the offense. Um, I'm, I'm really appreciative of that because this year in fantasy has been very wishy-washy for me, and I've been very scared. <laughs> on how um, it was going to continue to go. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, Chargers Dolphins, I, I have to admit, um, and I've said this week, well, the past couple weeks, uh, Tua, Tua might be a dog, but the reason why he might be a dog is because he he's not in a Russell Wilson position. He's not in a position where he has to carry the entire team. The defense from the Dolphins have stepped up immediately. Thanks to the dude, Ogbechi. If you don't know who Ogbechi is, that's Emmanuel Ogba. 
you know, former chief motherfucker is he is becoming a a star player in in uh in the Dolphins system, which is crazy because he he was a very good role player for us. Chiefs fans knew who Emmanuel Ogba was, um, which was another late pickup uh, from Brett Veach that just ended up being great for us. But he was never a star in any defense that he was in. Now he is turning into that star in um, Miami, and it's it's really dope to see. Uh, so Ogba's doing good. That defense is playing very well. Special teams is playing very well. And all Tua has to do is just, just be Tua. Like, you don't have to do too much. You can just be you. And that is a very, very good place to be when it comes to any player, let alone the quarterback. Uh, I think the Chargers are just, I think they're just imploding at this point. There's only there's only a few times you can lose a game by one possession back-to-back and, like, be okay. Uh, they've done it all season. Um, that's hard. If every game is a heartbreaker, like, that's fucking difficult. Especially when you have a rookie quarterback at the helm. And your team, for some reason, has so much promise. Because, you know, every year when you go to the uh, Good Morning Footballs and the, uh, you know, NFL Nows and all that shit, they always, in the offseason, pick the Chargers to take the AFC West. They look so good on paper. Their defense is stout. They're getting all these pieces back from injury. They do it every year. We won the Super Bowl. We won the Super Bowl, and there are still people picking the Chargers to take the AFC West (laughs) because they were getting injured players back, and they've seen Pat Mahomes too many times and all of that. Well, what's odd about, you know, something that I talked about in the first hour, what's odd about having these constant same player, uh, you know, injured is the fact that you're medical staff is just not good and it shows because those star players are always injured something's not right with that that's just how that is broncos and raiders do i need to say any more <laughs> i don't think i do i don't uh, th- come on you beat a team you're supposed to and you're riding on that high, thinking that it's going to be the same this Sunday night. It's not. <laughs> it won't be. I promise you. And that's all I have to say. That is the only thing, that is the only thing else I'm going to say about that. Uh Seahawks Rams, like I mentioned about Russell Wilson. He is just in a position where he has to carry the entire team. And what's crazy, what's crazy about that is that you don't have the, oh, well, he has no receivers excuse. Because you look at, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Can't say he doesn't have any running backs. Granted, they're hurt. But you you haven't had a 100-yard rusher at all. That's a glaring issue. Granted, I don't think you have to have a 100-yard rusher to win games. 
but you need something to, you know, alleviate the pressure on your back of just carrying this team the entire way. And their defense will not stop anything. You know, you get your star safety back and Jamal Adams and you see him ease up on, you know, stopping some plays. Is that what you is that what you went and got him for? I don't think so. I mean, we saw, you know, him getting yelled at on the sidelines, but it's like that's one of those things where it's come on. You're supposed to be Jamal Adams flying around the field, hitting people, this or that. What the fuck is going on? And if he can't get it together, what is going to stop the Seahawks from losing more games? Especially with Russell feeling he has to do anything and everything to make plays. Now his judgment is misguided, which you don't see a lot from Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is usually a very smart player. He is usually very careful with the ball. He is usually someone that you don't expect to just throw away plays or you don't expect to make the wrong decision when there's a clear decision. Russell Wilson escaped out of the pocket, started to run. The defense was in man coverage. Everyone was plastered. Everyone was plastered. And they saw his eyes go to the corner of the end zone. So they started to shift that way. Now with that, quarterback's eyes are very powerful. If you start to stare down a certain piece and you are not a, you know, crossbody or off-eye thrower like Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, if you're not one of them and you move your eyes and stare down a certain piece of the field, the defense is going to react to that, especially the defense that is keyed in on just you. So they went and plastered where he did pick right there. It, it, it was as easy as day. But since they were in man and he moved them with his eyes as he was running, the entire field in front of him was wide open to the point he could have taken 10, 15 yards, depending on if he would have slid or not. 20 or to the house. Russell, I don't know what happened. I don't know if uh, you saw the MVP come in and was like, I don't want that and just decided to just start fucking things up. I have no idea. But those are decisions that you typically don't miss. And you did. And decisions like that pile up. Decisions like that is what makes you lose games. And I've never said that the Seattle team was very good. Because I've seen this team before. (laughs) This team is, you know, a sizable offense against a very, very, very vulnerable defense. I've seen it before. And since Russell Wilson's not playing like Russell Wilson, I've definitely seen this before. It's not good. It is not good. 
Uh, Bengals Steelers, not much to talk about that. 49ers Saints. I was a little worried because I didn't watch this game live. I was a little worried when I saw the score. I was on 27-13. I was like, oh, shit. How? Why was this not a blowout? Why did this not look like, you know, 45, 45-7 or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Um, especially with the display that the Saints put on against the Buccaneers. I expected this to be a very big game. And, uh, well, to find out, one, Drew Brees was playing hurt from the jump. Uh, came into the game with, you know, messed up ribs, whether if they were bruised or cracked or whatever they may be. And for those that have never had a rib injury, they suck. <laughs> they suck a lot. So bruised ribs, it's already pretty difficult to move and breathe and play in because, you know, everything that you do involves movement from your abdominals. Uh, whether if it's breathing, whether if it's, you know, sitting down, getting up, not, not alone, twisting, moving, throwing, all those things. Like that's what that involves. Then, then on top of that, there was supposed one, one, at least one cracked rib. I I've known people that have gotten cracked ribs and coughing, laughing, you know, hard shift. It hurts. It's almost like uh, paralyzing because you just get sharp pains and it's like, shit, what's happening to me? To, to be able to walk off the field after suffering several crack ribs and a collapsed lung and you're still trying to play the game, that's some next level shit. That is some next level. I, Drew Brees. You really fucked up going into the beginning of this football season. And if you don't know, go and look it up. He he almost alienated an entire, entire part of the nation. But Drew Brees, I'll, I'll give you your strongman award on now. I'll give you your tough guy award on now. But seeing that, seeing that, you know, uh, Taysom Hill and, and Mr. Crablegs uh, shared snaps and work the offense. Now I see, oh, okay, this this game wasn't full-powered Saints. Gotcha. Uh, also, 49ers are nowhere close to, to half-powered. Uh, they're losing people left and right. Um, every time they get one person back, they lose three more. It is very difficult to be Kyle Shanahan and that entire team. It's, it's just so hard. I can... I'm sorry, 49ers, you're taking an L this year. Um, and that's with everybody. Jimmy G, uh, boy, I, I don't know if you're going to be, I don't know if you're going to be that guy next year. You may be that guy for another team. I don't know if you're going to be that guy for the 49ers. I just don't know. Kittle, you're taking an L because you were supposed to be back and forth fighting for this number one tight end spot with Kelsey. And one thing that I've said in previous episodes, and I will continue to say, yards per catch, cool. Yards after the catch, cool. Reception numbers, um, versatility, you know, run block, short pass, long pass, route running. All that is great. 
availability is a big one. How many times are you on the field? And if you're not on the field, why? Oh, is it just a formation set? Cool. If it's, oh, we're giving you a break because you have 60 yards receiving in the first quarter, understandable. But you're unavailable because you're always hurt. You're unavailable because you're not taking care of your body. Hmm. That's a problem to me. Kelsey was out for one year. One year. And we knew that going in. And he has still managed to break record after record for tight end. He is now about to head to his record-breaking season of breaking his own record of a thousand-yard tight end. Stop. There's no more tight end debate. It's not Gronk because Gronk decided to come back and not be the same Gronk that we know. And when athletes do that, it puts a little it puts a little rust on everything that we've talked about. You know, it's just it's just like Jordan. When Jordan, you know, did his wizard days, there's a lot of Jordan fans that just forget about that whole thing. A lot. They remember, you know, Bulls Jordan. That's it. They don't even acknowledge golf Jordan, baseball Jordan. No, Bulls Jordan. That's it. And Gronk went and became wrestling Gronk. You know, he was going to get traded to the Detroit Lions, retired Gronk. Oh, you're going to trade me to the Lions? Fuck no. (laughs) Retired. Wanted to become a wrestler, became the WWE 24-7 champion. And then Tom Brady hit the cell and was like, hey, you in Florida, I'm in Florida. Come down to Tampa Bay. We'll make some shit happen. And that's what they did. But since Gronk has done what he's done to his career at this point, you look at Travis Kelsey and you're like, there's no comparison. Just stop. No, there is no other tight end one that I would take over Travis Kelsey. And if if you feel there's another one out there, you're on drugs. I, I'm just going to tell you. And I hope they're at least good because I'd rather be taking good drugs and have a very wrong <laughs> opinion then them be bad drugs and be misguided. That's just fucking, that's terrible. And speaking of on drugs, I need to talk to uh, a certain piece of my following that has entertained me in the past week. So on Twitter lately, I have noticed that there are people that are trying to uh, out football talk me. And it's cool. Like, Shit, that's part of this show, actually, is for those to come on here and voice their opinions and all of those things. So I I don't mind that. What I find interesting is when they don't have anything else to say, 
I am now a shitty person or I need to go check my sources. And like I had one guy that said, uh, these are the things that we've learned in week 10. And it was like, Dolphins could be a playoff team. And Nick Chubb is a very good running back. And, uh, you know, all these things. And I was like, well, bro, if you would have tuned in, like it was kind of a, a, a little sh- shameless plug for me. But I was like, hey, if you would have tuned into my podcast weeks ago, you would have known this already. And he was like, well, the Dolphins were trash weeks ago and Nick Chubb was was injured and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, no. I said the Dolphins are a very good team and could take (laughs) the AFC East if they continue to play, you know, well-rounded football. They need all sides of the ball to work. And that was with Fitzpatrick at the helm. I said when all phases play decent, they play very good. So if at least two of the three phases can play very well, they can be a very good football team. I have always been high on Nick Chubb, but I kind of want Kareem Hunt to, you know, still get his shine. So, you know, you know what I'm saying? So all these things that he was saying, I was just like, yeah, hey, yo, you know, if you check out the podcast, you, you would know all this. We didn't have to learn this in week 10. Well, you need to check your fucking sources because of this and that. I'm like, bro, I don't have to check sources. It's me. <laughs> I don't have to do that. It's literally me in this microphone. So to my following that happens to maybe stumble across this podcast and want to football talk me, please follow me here on Podbean or wherever you may be listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, um, Amazon, whatever it may be, or download the KCPN app that is available for Apple. And you can listen to me on here every Tuesday and Thursday. (laughs) Because uh, I promise you, you don't have to uh, be overreactionary and just learn things as they happen. I pretty much tell you what's going to happen before all of it does. I'm pretty good at that. I've been pretty good at it. Uh, So with that being said, I'm also not going to uh, talk too much about Ravens Patriots uh, because I wish both of them would have just lost Um, and not tied. I just wish both of them would have lost. It was the battle of who could coach their team a little better. There was a monsoon going on at the time. So throwing the ball was going to be an issue, even though the best player that threw the ball was neither quarterbacks. It was Jacoby Myers who threw a fucking dime. Um, regardless of the weather, which <laughs> that was telling. Uh, but Lamar Jackson is a trash can. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Plus their offensive coaching scheme and th- their game plans and all that just don't make any sense anymore. Um, it's like you have a uh, fourth, I think it was a fourth and one or fourth and two, and you have Mark Ingram in the Wildcat. It makes no sense. You you One, you have a very good short distance back. Um, that's not fucking Mark Ingram. And then you also have your quarterback who can move, shift, and jive. Um, if you wanted to put Mark Ingram there as like a distraction, I don't know why you didn't do Wildcat with Lamar on the side, do a read option, and have the pitch to Lamar. You know, on either side, just look at the coverage and just see 
where you have the best opportunity and just shift it to that side, run the option. And the second that they crash in on Mark Ingram, pitch it out to Lamar, and it probably goes to the house. I don't fucking know. Uh, it just it, that that whole uh, system doesn't make sense to me. And what's funny is once again, uh, I had some people on Twitter say that, uh, "Oh, all all Lamar Jackson needs is a receiver." And I was like, "Well, they have the system that they wanted. They have this ground and pound system. They've gotten all these uh, giant offensive linemen. They've." Got like 32 uh, tight ends, and they're all meant for these run block sets and stuff like that. What's made this an issue is that they've now started to deviate away from that said system that they have put together in the past two years. When you do that, you set yourself up for failure. Now they have receivers. I'm going to be real. Willie Sneed, is, he's cool. Like He's not cold, but he's cool. Marquise Brown, sorry, every everyone is trying to find a Tyree kill, and until you strike gold, that's just where it's going to be. But they're also drafting very high for a Tyree kill. So regardless, if this person turns out, this draft prospect turns out to be a Tyree kill, it's still not going to be the same draft capital because we got Tyreek <laughs> very, very low. And y'all are drafting these motherfuckers in like the first, first round. Sorry, but it's not going to be the same return. But with that being said, they also went and got Des Bryant. And he is, you know, he was activated. He is on the team. Is he making a difference? I don't know. Can Lamar see him? Who fucking knows? Lamar's a trash can. That, uh, that whole offensive scheme is trash. It's bad. Um, and that's all I have to say. So the Patriots, you won because you can coach better than what's being put on the field. That's it. Um, and if you're still questioning if Bill Belichick can coach a wet sock and win a game, that was the game that you should watch because Bill Belichick can coach anything. Anything. There's a reason why he gets so many undrafted free agents, six-round picks, fifth-round picks, and turns them into megastars because he can coach a fucking wet nap into being sandpaper. <laughs> it's just how it is. Vikings, Bears, injuries all over the place, both two very ineffective offenses. The Vikings only really have an offense when Dalvin Cook goes off. He couldn't. His longest run got taken back because of a holding um, Bears, fucking Nick Foles, goddamn, he got hit with a motherfucking roller coaster typhoon, damn suplex. It wasn't really that serious, actually. He just got grabbed and then snatched down. But because of that, it looked like that may have been a uh, maybe a few pinched nerves or a back compression or bruised ribs or something of that nature. Just because they said that uh, he was grabbing his back. Um, and I mean, that sucks because he was carted off, um, all of that. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, what do you do now? 
when you're in that situation, Mitch Trubisky comes back now, like that's your st- that's your dude. How, how what is his mental? <laughs> you know, like he he was benched and the team actually wasn't doing as good. Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> even though I'm not a giant fan of him, was three and zero when he got benched. He wasn't losing games. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, Nick Foles right now is day to day with a hip slash glute injury, and that's what it's being diagnosed with right now. So that is what it is. Uh, Kirk Cousins wins a primetime game. Welcome to fucking twenty twenty. Like it just doesn't get any better than this, does it? So <laughs> that's where we're at right now. Um and. Yeah, that's that's football. Um, around around sports, of course, like I mentioned earlier, uh, NBA trades are starting to heat the fuck up. Um, you got Chris Paul moving. You got James Harden wanting to move. You got uh, what's his ugly ass name? Russell <laughs> Russell Westbrook trying to move as well. Um, there's there's a lot of things going on. Um, if anyone wants to know my fandom for the NBA. Um, I'm usually a athlete fan when it comes to basketball. Um, I was a Bulls fan when I was a kid, but I just think it's because I was surrounded by Bulls things. Uh, my older sister was a Bulls fan. Um, she was also a giant, um, Jordan fan. So of course that influence came, uh, but I didn't get to live through the true Jordan era. Uh, but I was just influenced by the Bulls a lot. But after that, I just started to become a fan of the athletes. Um, I'm a big AI fan, Vince Carter, uh, Steve Nash. And of course, now I watch Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, KD, um, Dame Leonard. Uh, you know, I could, I could go on and on. But... I think I may stick with watching the Bulls this year. I think I may go back to that. I, I really like Kobe White. I really fuck with Zach Levine. Um, I think with the right pieces and all that, you know, that, that'll be the best move for them. Um, and plus, Kobe White is a sharp, sharp shooter when he's on. So I'm I'm probably going to stick with them. I'm always going to watch the Warriors, though, because I think Steph Curry is the best shooter on the fucking planet, and there's no one that's going to sway me from that second to Clay Thompson, who can shoot the ball without even thinking, dribbling or anything. He can just catch that bitch and throw it up and it's going to go in. There are very few shooters out there where I'm, I'm going to look at them. And every time they touch the ball, I expect a bucket. Those two are one of them. Um, and plus, Clay can play on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, there's not a lot of shooters that can do both. And I just mean like pure shooters. Uh, there are defensive players that can't shoot. There's not a lot of pure shooters that can play defense. So that's just my little basketball tidbit. Uh, be on the lookout for uh, trade news and stuff like that. My Twitter is always pretty active when it comes to to all of that. So I get it out as fast as possible. Uh, yeah, AI was bomb. AI was one of my favorite uh, basketball players. Um, I mean, still is. Shit, if I could get on 2K and make an AI build... I'll probably never be around a three-point arc ever again. Oh, speaking of that, speaking of 2K, I, I'm going to get into my game reviews 
this week and they will be posted on Podbean. So for those that are interested in, um, I'm playing Spider-Man Miles Morales right now. I'll be jumping on Assassin's Creed in probably like a day or so uh, because I'm trying not to just burn through Spider-Man. I'm about 50% through the game and that's doing all of the extra shit. Uh, but I'm probably going to start Assassin's Creed in the next few days. Uh, then after that, um, I'll probably go into uh, Ghost, uh, the little Samurai joint. Uh, so I'll probably start playing that. Uh, but outside of that, I'm still going to be doing reviews for all those plus uh, 2K current. Well, fuck, I guess it's not next gen anymore. Uh, <laughs> 2K on PS4 plus Madden on PS4. Um, and we'll be going from there. So game review should be dropping sometime this week. It'll just be on Podbean. Uh, so you have to follow me on here to be a part of all of that. Follow me on here anyway, so you can be part of the live shows and all of that that goes on. Uh, but that will be showing up soon. Also, um, once again, you can go on Spotify, search the Voice of Fandom podcast, always be a part of the replays, uh, share them out, add me on Twitter. Um, so that you know every time that the replays are uploaded, I, I tweet it out immediately so everybody knows what's going on. But to wrap up in, in the show a little bit, you know, Thursdays we'll do uh, game previews for uh, the coming week. We are here in Raiders week, so you already know that there's going to be some deep diving talking about, um, you know, different things. And plus we'll have injury reports out by then we'll see who shows up to practice and all those things we'll see how these COVID tests are going right now because as of this morning we are cleared of any positives uh for COVID I just see silver black in the chat okay hold on hold on hold on hold on. we may not be wrapping up the show right now is there a Raiders fan in this chat right now I need to know because oh see here we go I'm gonna sip my coffee hit my vape y'all gonna hear all this all right all right we're gonna end the show on this note because mr t who just shouted out raider nation was not here for the first hour so i need to speak to the raider nation via one person i will have to say y'all are hilarious i will have to say that one week five win does not reignite any feud, any rivalry, any heat that has gone on in the past five to six years. Raiders week has not had the same steam, has not had the same motivation that it's had since then. Please don't think, please don't think that this is bringing back something. Please don't think that your victory lap around Arrowhead means means that all of a sudden now the Raiders own the Chiefs. Please don't think that. Because on Twitter, <laughs> you Raiders fans have been so loud since that win. It's, it's the real part of the football season. It's, it's that time to get, to get ready for playoff football. I hope everyone's healthy. 
I hope John Gruden coaches his best game. I don't want any excuse for either way of the ball. I either way. I don't make predictions about my team, so I'm I'm not going to call this game. But I hope everyone's healthy and I hope everyone plays their best game. Because I want everyone at their best to play at their best. So there is no more wild outlandish talking. Because boy, oh boy, it has been half a decade of consistent losing from us. Please don't make one game. Make it seem like you got all all your steam back. And with that being said, I am out of here. So follow me here on Podbean if you don't already. And then after you follow me, jump to all my social media that's in the description. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Also, if you have an iPhone, download the KCPN app. The replay will be up soon just in case you missed the first hour and you just jumped in now. Or, you know, you can follow me on Twitter and you'll see all the other, you know, platforms that I'm on. Spotify, Apple Music, things of that nature. And with that being said, I'm out of here and I will see y'all on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Fandom podcast. You can join live every Tuesday and Thursday by downloading the Podbean app or listen to audio playback exclusively through the Kansas City Podcast Network, available by app download or anywhere else you choose to listen to your podcasts. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu. If you're completing a degree in community college and want to take the next step to a four-year degree, or you're not satisfied with the college you're currently attending, we want to see you at College of St. Mary in Omaha. We make it easy to transfer your credits and have financial aid and scholarships available. Plus, we cover the costs of your textbooks for the first semester. Get the support you need to finish your degree faster. Make the transfer to College of St. Mary. Apply today at csm.edu.